ESPN 97.5 and 92.5 proudly present The Killer Bees. Definitely a fan of The Killer Bees. Don't sweat the technique. Live from the Veritex Community Bank Studios, here comes the fastest three hours in Houston sports radio. Here's Joe Blank and Jeremy Branham. Oh, hell yeah. You about to get all stung up. Ooh, what up, H-Town? Hey, how we doing? He's Blank. I'm Branham. It's Joe George behind the glass where he should be. It is a Taco Tuesday edition of the Killer Bees on ESPN 97.5, ESPN 92.5. The band is back together. I'm so glad to be here. Good. Uh, I wish I felt the same. I know. <laughs> Just kidding. Uh, we missed you yesterday. It's good to have you back. I hope you enjoyed the uh, the peaceful day. Oh, yeah. Doing nothing. Uh, yeah. Sitting on the couch. Two watching girls television. and a whole lot more. All to myself. <laughs> that was not fun. Uh, since you weren't here yesterday, uh, why don't you decide what we're leading with today? Do you want to lead with Texans depth chart hot oh. takes, or you want to leave with some some Houston Astro baseball winning in uh, South Oklahoma yesterday? Let's do things our way, the new way. And that means we'll push the football segment to 4 o'clock. <laughs> and let's stick to the pertinent must-talk-about Houston sports topic, which is the Houston Astros. Joe, you're our puppeteer. You okay with this? You all right with this? This is all right? Works for me. We go off script, and instead of talking Texans' depth chart hot takes that they just dropped, and they're lying, they're lying about their depth chart, uh, Houston Astros winning a crucial game yesterday, Ooh. snapping a skid, Look, this was a uh, this was a gutsy victory for the Astros because of these three games, J.P. France has been good all year, but J.P. France is your lesser of the three starters, should be. Fromber today, Justin Verlander tomorrow. You just got swept by the New York Yankees, the lowly New York Yankees, the worst Yankees team this millennium at home. That's their World Series. Their World Series. They have some young players that can go. Ooh, um, boy, don't they? The, Two S's is something people are going to remember in yeah. adjacent. The, I, 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 I'm actually... That's something I'm storing away in the back of my mind. If they make some decent offseason acquisitions to kind of fill some holes, I think that's a team that's back next year. Oh, I, I really do. If those two young kids going with Judge in the middle, if you can somehow unload Stanton and you still got Glaber and you got some guys and their they're young pitching staff because King pitched really, really well, mm-hmm. yeah, they can bounce right back. There's no doubt. So Astros get swept by the Lola Yankees. They travel late on a Sunday because they're playing the night game, and I know they're only going to Arlington. It's not far, but you bounce back and you play the very next day. You're down three to nothing before you can blink your eyes, and then you rally, you score tons of runs, you get the first ever 9-1 back-to-back homers that happened twice in a game. Did you realize that? That Dubon and Altuve are the first nine-hole leadoff guys to hit back-to-back homers twice in the same game in the history of baseball. That's amazing. It's never happened in baseball That's history crazy. until yesterday, wow. Mauricio Dubon, Jose Altuve. That is amazing. And I'll say this, Jeremy, the one thing that I was thinking about, and I heard Beard talking about this, but the big thing is, is one of us. There, there are, well, but... You know, I was calling him J.B. Hoffman because every day he wants show on show crime, like go back in the old days. Yeah, see, I like that. Like AJ. But then but <laughs> I'm they a were, fan of but that. But they were going to maim you. That, but that's that's okay. okay. If you ain't have hate, if you don't have any haters, you ain't popping. All we got to do is go to the text line on Twitch. Yeah. Um, but what I was going to say is Beard was emotional and he was superstitious <laughs> and he had to walk out of the room. But when it was going on, the first thing I thought about is there are a ton of Astros fans already on Twitter and everywhere else. Panic mode. Freaking out. They just got swept. Now they're down 3 nothing. Their most consistent pitcher doesn't look like he's on his A game against a, a team and a ser- in a series you've got to have. And I think a lot of people were ready to jump off that ledge again. And then all of a sudden, this team showed you the resilience that we've seen all year. It's one thing to say they've been resilient about overcoming all the injuries, or all the guys that stepped up, or all the drama that rears its head from time to time with Dusty and Chaz and Singleton and everything else. But it's another thing to say no margin of air, of of deficit is anything that is concerning to this team no matter how late you get in the game they they keep battling and the fact that they did it again yesterday where they got in a early hole and they dug their way out and then at the end of the game you're turning around looking in the rearview mirror going what was anybody worried about that team hammered the rangers yeah um i mean i was nervous <laughs> i was nervous. i didn't feel great <laughs> when it was 3 nothing going into the 5th inning but it was one game i was more concerned about this is where where you're at coming off like you said the 3 in a row and then you travel for arguably the biggest series of the year and then you're down 3 nothing before you know it and it's like a complete deflation job like is this how it's going to go is this the beginning of the end are they going to just pack up their stuff and go home or are they going to battle and then by the end of it you're looking at it going that's my astros that's what they're supposed to do that's what you love about this team 
Yeah, yeah. I mean, this is there was a, it was a good victory. It was a gutsy win. You know, down three nothing going into the fifth. You're in a three game losing streak. Astros and the Rangers were you know percentage points tied uh, going into that game, and you also clinched the the tiebreaker here, yep. which could be significant down the stretch. Like, I mean, if you end up tied, obviously there's no game one sixty three. You have the tiebreaker. You know, I don't think this is going to happen. But what if the Astros and the Rangers tie for third, the third wild card? That's the difference between making the playoffs and missing the playoffs. Uh, so that was a nice victory for the Houston Astros and then now they have Frombert today Justin Verlander tomorrow sure you want to get greedy but you need one game to win this series and feel pretty good about yourself it helped that the Reds beat Seattle Seattle's Seattle's on a on a stretch right now of very difficult games this is a I think a 10 game road stretch for uh, Seattle they take on Cincinnati for a three game series first one yesterday and then they're going to Tampa for a four game series so maybe Seattle gets beat up a little bit on this uh, on this road trip that would be very nice for the Houston Astros and their uh, chances of winning the American League West to be really good also we talked about this a little bit yesterday blankers this team is night and day a ho- like where they're playing at home not so good when they're playing on the road really good their record on the road's unbelievable their record at home they're barely 500 it's very very weird this was their sixth straight road win but also the fact that the astros are road warriors is a good thing i wish they'd be a little bit better at home no but i like the fact that they're road warriors and they go on the road and pick up some victories and some wins no you, you have to like that it's just it's kind of like the, the team is a microcosm of Lance McCullers the last couple of years, where one year he couldn't win on the road and he won at home. The next year he couldn't win at home and he won on, I mean, couldn't win on the road and he won at, whatever, vice versa. And, and it's like, this is what this team's all about. But people were asking us and asking me, well, why is it at home? Is it the fan support? Is it? No, I don't think it has anything to do with the fact that it's it's the right place to play. It's the right fan support when you're, you're going to go, what, 3 million fans for, for the season? I mean, you're going to be in the top five in attendance, I think, in Major League Baseball. It's just one of those things where you can't put your finger on it, but for some reason, maybe the home cooking's so good that they relax. But I don't think there's any tangible thing you can point your finger to and say, well, there's a reason why they're not winning games at home as much as they are on the road. You're just grateful that they're winning enough games on the road. I think it's I think it's more coincidental than anything else. Yeah. I'm kind of with you. I don't think that there's one thing that you can put your finger on and be like, yeah, that's the reason that they're good on the road and they're bad at home. The only thing that I could... Would, would just throw out there, just throw out there for this, is they're kind of a team that feeds off of that. They're kind of a team that feeds off of, like, the big moment. They're kind of a team that feeds off going on the road and beating you at your place, and then maybe they let their foot off the gas a little bit when they're at home. Maybe they're too comfortable at home. Maybe it's a team that needs to, you know, be a little uncomfortable. They need... You know, a three-game losing streak. They need to go into Texas where everybody's, you know, hating on them. Although it was a good Astro turnout yesterday in, in Arlington. But maybe they need that hate a little bit. Then they, they use it as fuel. That's the and only focus. thing I would throw yeah. out there. The only thing I would throw out there. Yeah, it's possible. I mean, I went through this uh, in my career with the Rockets a couple times where the Rockets just, they, they weren't as good as they were at home as they were on the road. And people, of course, then it was, you know, late-arriving crowd and, and all this and that and, and, and the whole organization was focused on what do we do better. Sometimes it's not about you. It's not about the environment. It's about the team. And like you said, like you're on the road, and so you're already kind of on edge because you're not in your own bed. You're not in your own house. And then if you're the Astros and you have all the venom that these fans have stored up over the years from 17 on, and some, some places they're seeing you for the first time, only the first time or second time since it all went down, they want to yell at you on every pitch, and that kind of gets you – more in a focused mode to go out and want to, you know, take them out and, and shut them up. And it helps. And so they feed off of it. I think Altuve, no doubt, over the last couple of years, fed off of every bit of the animosity he's received on the road, and he's maximized it. Some guys can, some guys can't. It seems like this team has no problem with it. Yeah, people thought that Altuve at the beginning was like he was worried about it and he wasn't going to be good at it. Remember that? Yep. It bothers him. He's not going to be able to handle it. And then they had the weird well, COVID year in with Fenway, the fans. He goes for the families and the, the fans that were the most vocal and vile against him, and he goes and starts signing autographs and yeah. bringing them on the field. I mean, that shows you how he handled it. <laughs> he kills them with kindness. Yeah. He kills them with kindness. Someone just texted it and said, we need to stop waving and start booing our team to drive them to another championship. Can the Killer Bees be the, uh, the Mavericks? 
athletes that lead that charge, where instead of cheering and rooting for the Astros at Minute Maid Park, when Jose Altuve comes to the plate, you give them the business. Boo! Like, boo all these guys. That way, they, maybe they think they're on the road. and They can start playing some winning baseball. But the Astros are on the road right now. Whatever. Uh, offense looked really good in the middle innings there. They, they pounded out 11 runs between the 5th and the 7th inning. This is whenever they flip the switch. Three runs in the 5th, two runs in the 6th. And then the 6-run 7th inning kind of uh, all but sealed the deal. Yiner Diaz Blankers My is a, an animal. He is a freak. That home run he hit yesterday, like we were, we were. Of course, the game was going on while you were on your couch watching it. Joe and I were laboring on no Labor chance. Day. We were watching it out of the corner of our eye, and I was like, "Man, he hit the out of that ball." And then I looked up the distance: four hundred and fifty-three feet. Yeah, it's just. <laughs> and you know what? Some guys don't get it when they're talking about you know the the whole rivalry with the Rangers and and I get you can dialed in for this year but the way he was rounding the bases with that kind of smirk on his face that turned to a full blown grin like gotcha <laughs> that you love that even more because he understood it and I think the other thing Jeremy that when we we're talking about just now that I was going to bring up about the home field you had almost had a home field last y- yeah, yesterday it was a very pro Astro what an crowd. unbelievable Astros c- crowd in Arlington like the feel of the sound of every time they did something well and Yiner just as a guy you know I've been lobbying he should play every day. And he should play. You have to have him in the lineup. But this is why. This guy has so much easy power. And it can go a mile if he just puts a barrel on it, no matter how hard he hits it. And you just need guys like this in your lineup. If you truly are going to be a team whose identity is defined by just out slugging people and uh-huh. punishing people offensively, he's got to be a guy in your lineup. Yeah, it's... uh. This is the conversation we get to all year, right? Like, this is a conversation we've been having since since the summer. Like, we started, I I went back and looked at it. I I came up with a Yiner plan. I just searched it on Twitter at Jeremy Brenham. On June 6th, I had a plan for Yiner where I was having him catch two games, play first base two games, DH one game, so he would play five times a week. We're still having that conversation three months later because, look, love Michael Brantley back. It does present a good problem to where now, okay, Brantley's either in left field DH, Jordan's in left field DH, so that's going to limit the opportunities that Yiner has to DH, especially against righties. You know, he's going to start there maybe against lefties, but not against righties. Dusty Baker's pot committed to Jose Abreu. He's pot committed to Martin Maldonado. So it's... It is a challenge right now to make sure that Yiner Diaz is in the lineup every day. I think he should be in the lineup almost every single day. If he's if it's a Verlander start, if it's a Fromber start, if it's a Javier start, and the DH spot's not available, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Jose Abreu. I know that they gave you $19.5 million. I know it looks bad to be benching the key free agent signing in the offseason. I don't care. You have to win baseball games. There's 23 to play. Right. You're in a virtual tie for first place with the Seattle Mariners. You're trying to enter the stretch drive. You're trying to get hot. You're want to enter the playoffs and win a World Series. Who gives you a better chance to win baseball games? Jose Abreu, Yiner Diaz. Martin Maldonado, Yiner Diaz. If you're telling me that Maldi has to start Fromber, Verlander, Javier, okay, fine. I will concede that to you. But if you're trying to win baseball games, then Yiner should be your first baseman. No doubt about it, Jeremy. I'll take it a step further. I mean, you're because you're absolutely right. That's where I'm at. Like, uh, all the dust, trust Dusty's gut and, you know, Papa's going to Papa's belly and, and, you know, give guys rest. You need to put the pedal down. You need to be going 100 miles an hour right now to the finish, the way Bregman was saying about we want to win every game the rest of the way. If you truly do, then Yiner should be in the lineup, and dare I say Chaz should be too. Because Chaz, for whatever happened this weekend and whatever Dusty continues to do with Chaz, when Chaz is in the game, for the most part, there's a hiccup every now and then with a mental block. But for the most part, good things happen. These are the guys that make this thing go and have made it go when some of your stars couldn't go. And that's why I think in these last 20-some-odd games, it is imperative that you put the best lineup out there every single game. And so, you know, we'll have a discussion about Dubon, but overall, when you look at the guys that had continued to, like, not let you down when you do call their number, these are two guys that have to be at the top of the list. 713-780-ESPN, if you agree, disagree. 713-780-3776. Cash them or trash them at 430. Texans at 4. We got a game to play that you missed out on yesterday. Not great. A bullpen, what is the circle of dust? What is the latest circle of dust uh, with that bullpen, especially with the little bit of an injury that you had yesterday? We'll get to all of that and more on the Killer B. 713-780-3776. Ron Twitch, twitch.tv slash ESPN 97.5. He's at Pac-Man Joel on Twitter. The clown over there is at Joe George Radio on Twitter. I'm at Jeremy Branham. It's the Killer Bees on ESPN 97.5 and ESPN 92.5. You need a goal from Pro Dunk Hoops. 
Yes, you do. They are the very best. If you're in the market for a goal, for a basketball goal, maybe you have a ch- a child that you know is going to be on the middle school team, the high school team, the uh, AAU team. They need a goal in their yard. That way, they can work on their game. You want to you want to instill that discipline in your child. Work at what they're doing, right? If you're going to get a goal, it needs to be from Pro Dunk Hoops because they're better than anything you'll find in the big box stores. I walk through my neighborhood less than I should, but I walk through my neighborhood every now and then, and I see some of these basketball goals that are not very good. They're broken, the rim's not level, the backboard, the backboard's jacked up. Uh, some of them are flat. Some of them are laying down on their belly. It's not a good look. You need a goal from Pro Dunk. A tempered glass backboard, stainless steel hardware, great quality that you can trust. Also, it's height adjustable. Range from 5 feet all the way to 10 feet, anywhere in between. You want to work on your shot, you want to throw have a little slam dunk competition, anywhere from 5 feet to 10 feet. Also, their accessories are next level school's back in session you're working it's hot during the day you probably want to play at night well you can do that with led light kits from pro dunk also backstop nets you don't want to waste your energy and time chasing the basketball and get a backstop net also pull pad lettering to make that goal from pro dunk look very very cool you can order everything including professional installation online yes the pros at pro dunk professionally install your goal at the perfect height perfectly straight you don't need a ladder you don't need a level all you need is the pros from pro dunk you don't install let the pros do all the work for you give them a call at 281 Three five one nine eight two two and visit ProDunk.com. That's ProDunk.com. All teams covered. No stalking points necessary. You're back with the Killer Bees on 97.5 and 92.5. Live from the Veritex Community Bank Studios. 713-780-3776-3294. I literally hate Jeremy Branham. If you ain't got no haters, you ain't popping. That's what I got to say. I think what he was doing, though, is he was taking the, you know, the Astros aren't good at home, so we're going to boo them. I think that's what he was doing to me. I think that's what he was doing to me. Although the time might not add up on that. Uh, three three seven six. Why are you chuckling over there? Why are you getting so much giggles out of this? Because I'm going to tell you something that I wasn't going to tell you. Yeah. Because I was going to take one for the team. Okay. I was in the UPS store last week, like on a Wednesday or Thursday. And I'm just minding my business, waiting in line. And some dude turns around and goes, well, Joel Blank, how you doing? And I was like, hey, how's it going? I have no idea who this guy is, so I'm just trying to be nice. He's like, hey, man, I'm a loyal listener every day. I was like, well, we appreciate you. And he goes, ah. And I go, what do you mean, ah? He goes, I'll be listening today. He goes, but you tell Branham, I ain't listening to him. Well, I don't like him. So he's just like, gonna... what do you ever do to you? And he goes, I don't want to get into it. I was like, okay, well, have a great day. I don't know that I'm just going to tiptoe my way through here now because the dude looked kind of big, and I was like, I don't know what his problem was. He eats too much. What was his name? UPS what? Oh, he was at the UPS store. I didn't know what oh, his he name didn't have, was. He was I didn't want to get that personal with the dude because he called my name out, and I didn't know who the hell he was. Well, I appreciate him listening all the time. Yeah, that's what I said. Thanks for yeah, listening. Even if it's not to me, I do appreciate him turning his dial to ESPN 97.5. Uh, 713-780-3776. Let's go out to the HRP listener line. Willie, you're in the... Willie, have you been at UPS recently? You're in the hive of the killer bees. <laughs> No, I haven't. <laughs> but thanks for taking my call. Always. And uh, I'd like to say that uh, I, I don't think he should just play the same people every day. Uh, some days the matchups is not, uh, you know, convenient to just play, say, Diaz every day. He still was one for five yesterday. And, he, you know, he looked pretty bad against left Angeles still, even though he's got better. And then... Uh, with Chaz on Saturday night, when he threw those two balls from center field, mm-hmm. I told my nephew the next day, Dustin, go put him on the bench. and go be Duvon in there, and that's <laughs> exactly what happened. You think that's why he benched him, was because of those poor throws? Uh, excuse me? Do you think that's why he benched him, because of those poor throws? Oh, yeah. Did you hear him after, uh, with, with the little speech, he was, the little coach speech after the game. Yeah, all he had to say he benched because he can't throw. <laughs> it, 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 that's all he had to say instead of saying all that stuff about the matchups and all that. I like to see tonight because I don't think Chaz ever hit Yavaldi. So I like to see if he's going to be in the lineup today. He has the so Astros taking my call? You got it, Willie. Appreciate the uh, the call. And look, I, I agree with you. Like the lineup isn't going to be the same every single day. They've not listed a lineup today. That's kind of odd, right? Yeah. Like, usually it's before our show for a 7 o'clock game. They've not listed a lineup yet today. Makes me think they might be waiting on somebody, which maybe. isn't great if no. they're waiting on somebody. I agree with well, Willie. Could, like, you're not going to – I don't know. Maybe somebody's sick. Oh, I mean, 
I mean, Blummer was sick. I was going to say, and he's out tonight. Stanton just is he? Stanton tweeted, "I'm on my way to Arlington. Blummer can't go. <laughs> the hero so we calling, need. <laughs> they're calling into the bullpen. Obviously, as an ex reliever, he was on his way to Arlington, so Julia can go back to sideline next to the dugout, and everybody can feel comfortable. But yeah. uh, I hope Blummer didn't get something that's going around. I, I agree with Willie that like you're not going to have the same exact lineup every day. Matchups absolutely do matter. Sure. Lefty righty matters. I I think that the new wave too is like. How are hitters against certain pitchers' arsenals? Like, is Chaz McCormick, Dusty doesn't think he can hit sinkers. He thinks Singleton can. So, like, is that a matchup that's favorable? Like, that's that's kind of like the new lefty-righty. I don't think that the lineup should be the same every single day. I I just say that, you know, Yonder Diaz should be playing most days. It's not always a catcher. It's not always at first. Certainly now, not always the DH spot. Uh, Willie makes a great point about Chaz's arm. Chaz's arm stinks. Chaz has a worse arm than Jake Myers, according to Baseball Savant. Chaz has a poor arm um but his offense has been one of your better offensive players all year i think Chaz deserves to be an everyday guy yeah me too i mean look his throw the other night from left field charging from fairly shallow left field and it wasn't really close when it should have been against the yankees and and you look you know uh, it made me wonder like as much as i like to say how good of a defender he can be you have to call it what you see it and the arm looks like a wet noodle sometimes, yeah. a limb noodle. <laughs> that's his. Uh, that's his weakness. But I sure. still say, and to Willie's point, I agree. You play matchups. You play, and you have enough guys that are really quality major league baseball players now, where you can get the right players in the lineup. But I am adamant, like Jeremy is on Yiner, and I started that train, and I, I, I will. I think I don't care righty lefty. Chaz, I, I, I think almost the same way. This guy has done so much for you, and when he's in the lineup, especially in big spots and big games, dude comes through. He gets you hits. He's a gamer. He's not always the sharpest tool in the shed when it comes to base running and, and certain plays. He's a little dumb. But overall, he's been one of your most consistent players, and he steps up. So that's why I think this is the time you step up. You only got 20-some-odd games left in the season, and you're in a dogfight. So you can't be sitting there and trying to you know give guys rests and do you know quirky things like you did in the middle of the season. This is go time. I don't think it's rest with Chaz for the record. No, I, I agree with that. Yeah, if for Chaz, I don't think it's about the rest. No, it's about I think it's about matchups, yeah. arm. Uh, he puts a lot of weight into that. And I don't think he likes Chaz a whole lot. Well, I was going to say, that's the other thing. And <laughs> Dusty's going to Dusty, as we've said. And, and Pawpaw's belly plays a big influence in what he decides. And those two things don't line up for Chaz some days. 713-780-ESPN, HRP listener line, 713-780-3776. J.P. France was pretty mediocre yesterday. I will say that the ball travels in that yard. I will say that the Rangers have one of the best offenses in all of baseball. Uh, Five runs, six hits, five innings. What did you make of J.P. France's start against the Rangers? What did you make of the hook by Dusty Baker? Uh, To me, when I looked at it, I didn't think he had his A game. I didn't think he had his best stuff. Um, I think that he really wanted to stay in the game. But I think all's well that ends well the way Dusty played it. It's just, to me, at this point in the season, it's futile to sit there and, and question Dusty's decisions. At, he's going to do whatever he's going to do. It worked out, and all's well that ends well. But the bigger thing to me was I didn't see the kind of J.P. France on the kind of role that we saw him for most of the season. I didn't feel as comfortable with him out there as I had in the past. And that that was, I don't want to say alarming or concerning, but it did bother me a little bit. Yeah. I mean, I don't know if it's futile. Like, we're always going to talk about it. Yeah. Um, I thought that J.P. France should have started the sixth. I, I really had no issue with him starting the sixth inning. I thought I that either. was completely fine. I thought after giving up the home run in that inning to uh, Mitch Garver, I thought that was the time to pull him. But it didn't hurt you. Right. Like, the next guy got on first base. Rafael Montero came in, got the next three guys out. I would have pulled France after the home run to Garver. Dusty gave him one more hitter, but it didn't cost you. Like, Montero yeah, came that... in, did his job, didn't cost you at all. So I, I have no issue with the hook. And I thought France was just kind of ho-hum. But it was a really good lineup in a, in a park that the ball travels. Well, and Garver has been red, red yeah, hot. He, has. he and Seeger have just been on fire. And so... I think that when you were looking at that game at the point when I'm, I'm with you, I don't mind him starting the six, and I thought he could get through six. But I think that once you give up the home run, you feel like that might be a one-run game, and he might not be able to contain it after that because then he put another guy on base, and you're like, okay, I got to pull the plug because I can't let this get out of hand. In their park with momentum that would build and the fans that would get behind you, and you're later in the game. I, I was totally fine when he came out, but at the same time, I'm like you. I felt like when he started the sixth, 
he had a little momentum because they tied the game that he would have been fine. Yeah, and I, I get trying to get him through the sixth inning there, too. Like, I mean, it, you have three games here against the Rangers. You expect this to be a very offensive series with the way the ball travels there with their offense. I had no problem, France, starting the inning. I would have went a hitter sooner, but again... Montero did his job. It literally did he not did. matter. So I'm not gonna. I'm not going to going to uh, you know die on that hill. Six zero four three. Chaz won us a World Series. Just just he remember did. that. I'm a big fan of Chaz. Look, but getting back to the bullpen and the pitching yesterday, though, the one thing I was concerned with is when you open up a bigger lead that you're still blowing through your critical guys in the back end of your bullpen, or at least some of them. Yeah, I would have liked to try to avoid that because, like you said, this is a critical series, and you're probably getting some tight games where you need those guys. Yeah, I thought it was a little odd that he kind of where he used Abreu and Neris. You know, maybe Neris more than Abreu because you kind of added on. But they Neris... said Neris was hot, so they were going to use him yeah. anyway. But you're still not throwing pitches in a game if you don't have to. But I also like I'm not going to kill Dusty for this one. Like I, I can understand that reasoning. I probably lean that way. But it was also a thirteen to six yeah. game against a really good offense where the ball travels. Yeah, you're a touchdown up. I well, get it. No, but but it was a. I mean, it was a five run game whenever like Naris was in yeah. the game. So like five runs, it, it seems like a lot. But you're putting Naris in a three run game against a mediocre team in a big ballpark. So I didn't think it was as bad as some people made it out to be because it's a really good offense. It's at a ballpark that the ball travels. So I, I didn't hate it. I didn't hate. It. I, I, that's again to me is probably more of a nothing burger. I lean your way, but more of like I'm not dying on that hill type of thing. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm. We we are paid to nitpick and we're yeah. paid to talk about everything. But that's the one thing that would have been if I if I had my druthers, I would have rather not used my my seventh, eighth, and ni- any two or three or any of the seventh, eighth, and ninth guys if I could have avoided it. And Montero, tip of the cap, has been really good and he did his job. So I thought that bought you the time necessary to get someone else up and deal with it if you had to deal with it, but you're right. I mean, they won the game. No matter how he got it, he got the first of the series. You win tonight, you win the series, or one of the next two, and you've already got the Shania Twain award because you got the boots under your bed again for another year. So bad. So brutal. Well, I did it. Grade I know the, how much you love it. Grade the joke. 713-780-3776. How about Mauricio Dubon? We mentioned that he was on the right side of some history yesterday. The first time in Major League Baseball history that a nine-hole hitter and a leadoff hitter hit a pair of back-to-back home runs in the same game. Double dong Dubon. He has passed Jake Myers for me on the center field depth chart. Would you go higher than that? Where should Dubon be in the center field depth chart for the Astros? Killer Bees, ESPN 97.5 and ESPN 92.5. Something that should be really high on your uh, human resources and payrolls, HRP, you already know that. Mike Hawley, U of H class of 1990. He used to protect a Heisman Trophy winner, and now he wants to protect the best interest of your business. He's been doing it for nearly 25 years. Mike, Chris Fisher, great people over at HRP that will take care of you. HRP provides comprehensive human capital management services including HR compliance, benefits administration, and payroll. HRMP will also work with you to customize a plan for whatever you need. There's nothing cookie cutter about HRMP. You need a little help, a lot of help, anything in between. HRMP will create a plan for what you and your business needs. Also, their customer service second to none. It's, there isn't a stranger on the other side of the line. You'll be calling someone that's familiar with you. They're familiar with your company. They know the ins and out of your business. I can speak to that customer service as well. Anytime that I have a question, you know I'm an email guy. I don't like phones. I always get a quick response that's easy to understand. Let HRP take on the demands of human resource. Eliminate your burden so you can get back to growing your business or playing a little more golf. Give them a call at 281-880-6525 and let HRP customize a plan for you. 281-880-6525 or check them out at hrp.net. That's hrp.net. Welcome back to the Killer Bees Nuts. Live from the Veritex Community Bank Studios on ESPN 97.5 and 92.5. Here's Joel Blank and that Jeremy Branham guy. That's a BMAC special there. Three three seven six. would you rather coast through the regular season and win or have this fun nail-biter game-by-game till the end of the season? Say that one more time. Would you rather coast through the regular season and win the division or have this fun nail-biter game-by-game till the oh, end of the season? I mean, that's the easiest question on the planet. I yeah. want to coast to another division title, set up my pitching rotation, and get ready for whoever we play in a longer longer series, and take my chances. It's a slam dunk, and it's a slam dunk on a hoop's goal. Now, I would say that it is entertaining to, to have a stretch drive. Like, I wouldn't trade it for coasting and winning the regular season, but this is fun. Like, I do understand and recognize the entertainment that is a stretch drive. 
But if you're on the wrong side of it and you miss the playoffs, which is in play, it's in play, you're only a game and a half up at Toronto and they had the wild card on you. Now you've jumped Texas, you're in a virtual tie with Seattle, although not all the way, and then Seattle has the tiebreaker over you. i much rather have the guarantee, cruise the division title, make sure everybody's healthy, uh, make sure you can set up the rotation, not worry about taxing arms. i I much rather have the coast. But I do recognize the entertainment that is Oh, a stretch drive. If you are not a fan with your heart and soul invested in a team, and you're just a baseball fan and a fan of the game, this is what it's all about. This is what the wild cards and the extra wild cards were created for. This is making what otherwise could have been meaningless games down the stretch hyper important across the majority of the league. So it's phenomenal as just a baseball fan. But if you are a fan of a team that's stuck in the middle of one of these races, like the Astros, Rangers, and Seattle are, you got to be concerned about the ch- the fact that as good, good of a chance as you have to win the division, you have just as equal a chance or, to to not make the playoffs at all with Toronto right there in the mix now. Yeah, I mean they're hanging around. I mean there is it's plausible that this team doesn't make the playoffs. Uh, Eighty sixty says, "quote I literally love Jose Altuve." "quote and then I too literally hate Jeremy." We don't need this to catch on. Stop wow. texting me how much all of you hate me. Seven one three seven eight zero three seven seven six. Do not tweet me mean things. Seven one three seven eight zero three seven seven six. Jeremy always dumps it on me to, to contact uh, at Pacman Joel. If you wanted to send those to at Pacman Joel, that'll be fine. <laughs> uh, Mauricio Dubon with a double dong yesterday. Double dong Dubon. Somebody needs to put that on a T-shirt. Uh, Mauricio Dubon to me. He's past Jake Myers on my centerfield depth chart. I never thought I, got I would say this. I a t-shirt for you. I got another marketing. What you got? 3D. In 3D. Astros baseball in 3D. Double, dong, Dubon. 3Ds. Hmm. I like it. Hmm. Grade the joke. 713-780-3776. I like it. I don't care if you don't like my... It's not even a joke. It's it'd be a sweet, They do all these sweet t-shirts. Apollo and all those guys do these t-shirts. There's a t-shirt for you. Grade, I want royalties. Grade the t-shirts. I don't think there's going to be many. So three Ds for three. Okay. I get it. I don't think it's good. You never do. <laughs> That's true. Uh, Mauricio Dubon, has he passed Jake Myers on the center field depth chart for you? To me, you know he already has. Because you know I'm not, I've never been a big Jake Myers guy. I just don't think the elevator goes all the way up to the top floor sometimes. I just think that his arm is a pus ball. I, I think that... He looks like a deer in the headlights at the plate a lot. And it's not just the batter's helmet. It looks like a bobblehead that flies off and the confusion in his eyes sometimes when the camera focuses on him. I just don't have a lot of confidence in him when he's in center field or at the plate. Dubon is a guy that basically saved your bacon when Altuve was out. He was almost hitting 300 for the first half of the season. And now he's back in center field, the position he really didn't play the first half of the season. And everywhere you put him, and when you put him in the lineup, I do have that confidence. And I do believe that he can have quality at bats. And, yeah, there's some defensive hiccups lately, but normally, no matter where you put him in the outfield or in the infield, and this, I'm talking about in the infield, where the ball got, he he got that one in the Yankee series that got by him. But other than that, I believe in Mauricio Dubon, no matter where you play him in in the field or in the batting order, to to be a guy that's going to give me quality. And I don't believe that way with Jake. He's got some life. Like, he's got some life. And if you look at the numbers, too, like, I'll concede that Jake Myers is a better defensive center fielder than Mauricio Dubon. Myers should probably play center over Dubon, like, whenever you have a a Christian Javier on the mound, maybe even a Verlander, flyball pitchers. I thought it was a good decision by Dusty to go Dubon yesterday because Dubon hits lefties better than Myers. Dubon hits righties better than than Myers. Dubon, while maybe he's not as good defensively in center field as Jake Myers, he's not bad. And he does, to Dusty's credit, have a much stronger arm, which does come into play often. Like I think that the center field position, it's more important to cover ground, have really good range than it is the arm. But when you have a ground ball pitcher, maybe it makes a little bit more sense to have the arm in center field. Plus the offense. Mauricio Dubon is a better offensive player this year than Jake Myers is. So give me Mauricio Dubon over Jake Myers. I don't care if it's against lefties. I don't care if it's against righties. And quite frankly, Mauricio Dubon has an 855 OPS against left-handed pitchers this year. This is the perfect way that you give Michael Brantley days off so he doesn't overdo it with his shoulder. Don't play Michael Brantley, who hasn't hit lefties all that well the last few years. Play against lefties. Play Mauricio Dubon against lefties in center. Chaz McCormick in left. However you want to arrange that. Probably Dubon in center and uh, Chaz in left field. But for me, for me, Mauricio Dubon second on my center field depth chart ahead of Jake Myers. I want to see that the rest of the final 23. And this is not, I can't believe I'm saying this because I don't think Dubon's like a, is an outfielder. He's a utility guy. I think he's better on the infield than he is the outfield. But with what he does offensively over Jake Myers, 
Give me give me Dubon before Jake Myers gets a start in center field. Totally with it. Totally with it because of everything that you said. I echo everything that you said, and I look at it and say, going back to what I said, there's something also about the eye test of just confidence and trust. And I look at Dubon as a confident player that I trust is going to make the right plays, know, you know, know the situations, and is a guy that is going to, more times than not, is going to come through. When I look at Jake, I don't know what the hell's going on sometimes. Yeah, and, and so, so aloof. That's fine if it's in the middle of the season, if you really, you know, like you said, because he's a good defensive center fielder, and he, he deserves to be on a major league roster, even if it's as, as a defensive replacement or a backup. But now when we're looking at, at crunch time, I'm totally in belief of the fact that Chaz McCormick and, and Mauricio Dubon are guys that I trust, that I believe in, that can make the right plays, that are going to step up big when you need them. So I'm sorry, Jake Myers. Sorry, not sorry. But th- at this point in the season, that's where I'm at too. He's my third center fielder. Late game defensive substitution with a lead. He's Ocho. Jake Marisnik. Yeah. That's what he is. Yeah, yeah, a bit. Although Marisnik can run into some homers. I guess Jake yeah, he can could. a little bit. But Jake, Jake's just so aloof. It's weird. Uh, Flimsy brings up a great point, too. When you strike out against position players two years in a row, you should be gone. My stance on that, if you strike out looking against a position player, you should be DFA'd. I'm sorry. If you strike <laughs> out looking against a position player in a blowout in a late-game situation, you should be on the first bus out of town. I, that, that's, that, that bothers me. Like, this does not sit well with me. I know that Jake Myers isn't the first player in history that it's happened to. I, I think they were saying the other day it happened to, like, Freddie Freeman when Anthony Rizzo was pitching. I don't know if it was looking, but if it was, well, Freddie Freeman should have been DFA'd. I will die on that hill. I'm not going to – I'll attend your funeral, but I, I, I'm not dying on that hill. I'm not going to say that because you could have Jordan sit there and, and – Well, Jordan rule 42. Jordan can do whatever he wants against a position player. How about this? Jordan rule 41. Jordan should not be in the game when you're in a position player pitching situation. That's a good point. You know, because then you, you put him on ice. Although it is kind of fun seeing him hit against a position player. Although, if I had one guy to hit off a position player that I had to bet my life would hit a home run, it's Jiner Diaz. Oh, well, It's Jiner Diaz over Jordan. Is it? Yeah. I think you know Yiner just like Yiner would be my first pick on a slow pitch softball team. There is no doubt about it. But that's he's what gonna I was hit gonna tank say. whenever he wants. The analogy when people like get on major leaguers for having a tough time, it's like some guys there's a friend of mine that played softball with Ken Caminiti. And they're like, <laughs> as, as good as he could hit a ninety five mile an hour fastball, he sucked at softball. I'm really? Like, I'm like, well, Maybe that's the that fact that he's used to things coming at him 100 miles an hour, and suddenly they're coming in like 20 miles an hour, and it is an adjustment. It's different. Yeah. But, I mean, I'm not going to die on the hill and say that if you're done. Give me Yiner. I think, I, I think I'm right on that. Like, Yiner just hammers pitch position players. Like, he, he just, I don't know. I don't know what it is about it. Uh, Ocho says texting while half asleep. Ocho, I question why you're half asleep at 342 on a Tuesday. Uh, but texting to while half asleep to ask you if you're sure Mauricio Dubon isn't the best center fielder on the team. I haven't seen any really any reason to believe he isn't. It definitely is an arm strength because Chaz and Myers have inaccurate noodle arms. Give me Chaz over Dubon. Give me Dubon over Myers. I mean, Chaz is one of your best five OPS guys this year. Chaz should be in the lineup over Mauricio Dubon. Like, Dubon's a nice player to have. I think Dubon should start against lefties in the outfield every time to give Brantley days off. Mauricio Dubon's the first infielder off the bench when everybody and somebody else needs a day off. I'll take a Mauricio Dubon at bat, pinch hitting for Martin Maldonado if Yonder's playing first base that day. Like, Mauricio Dubon's good to have on this team. I think I'm not prioritizing Mauricio Dubon over Chaz McCormick. I'm not. But the other thing is, too, I think they both have their strength. I think that Chaz is a better defensive outfielder from the fact that from diving to climbing a wall to getting to baseballs, that he does it all. I think Dubon sometimes struggles with where the wall is. I think Dubon charging a baseball isn't as aggressive or as, as, as talented in terms of playing a ball, reading it right, and getting it because he doesn't play there enough. But I think from an arm strength perspective, Dubon has a better arm and throws better than Chaz. So you can go back and forth on those things. But I just think that if we're doing a pecking order, there's no doubt that Jake's in the basement and he ain't moving up. No. And here's the other thing. like Even if you want to say Mauricio Dubon and Chaz McCormick are like equals defensively, I would argue that they're not. Uh, Chaz McCormick, to me, has far more range than Dubon. Dubon does have a stronger arm, but again, the better value is range versus arm in center field. Chaz is an 880 OPS. Mauricio Dubon 708. Like yeah, it's, not it's, even not, close. it's not really a conversation. Plus, he's got more pop. I mean, grant, granted, Dubon did what he did yesterday. Chaz has been doing all year long. Chaz gives you extra pop in the lineup. And that's there's a reason why, when you look at the overall body of work that he's put together this year, that I that we both keep harping. He's got to be in the lineup. Chaz's middle name is Kane. Chaz Kane McCormick. It strikes me funny. 713-780-ESP. And we'll get your thoughts on Mauricio Dubon on the other side. Also, 
How about Rafael Montero stabilizing that game yesterday? What is the latest bullpen circle of dust? Who are his priorities in that pen? And now with the injury of Ryan Standing, not great. Killer Bees, ESPN 97.5, ESPN 92.5. Hey, right now I'll tell you about my good friend Doc Linville. Doc Linville, the best in the business, in my opinion, at the Neograph procedure. If you don't know what it is, but you're experiencing pattern baldness or thinning, you need to find out what it is right away. And in order to do that, it normally costs a consultation fee of 150 bucks. You're a listener to ESPN 97.5. You get it for absolutely free. Go to 975hair.com. It'll give you all the information on the neograft. Uh, what you really find out, which was amazing to me, is the fact that on the sides and the back of your head, genetically, you're never going to lose your hair, no matter how bald you go in other areas. And Doc Linville was telling me, hey, man, I can get your hairline back. I, I can make sure that you have your own hair in a spot where you're going to feel better and more confident about your appearance, and it's going to look like your old hairline. I, I doubted it at first. When I got the information and I had the consultation, I walked out confident that there's no doubt the Neograph could help me, and it could help you too. I did the procedure. I couldn't be happier. The results are f- f- fantastic. It was phenomenal. It was painless. The real results aren't seen for about six to nine months, but when you do and know that that hair is not only stronger and longer than you had before, it's going to be with you for the long haul because it comes from an area of your scalp that is never going to go away. And the other thing that got me, 95 to 99% of the follicles that are moved are going to be there for the rest of your life. They're not going to go anywhere. They're not going to fall out. That was the game changer for me. Go to 975hair.com right now, set up an appointment. Go see Doc Linville because the Neograph could help you too. Most bees make honey. These killer bees make great sports insights, but they also make honey. Don't ask about the process. From the Veritex Community Bank Studios, it's Joel and Jeremy. Is this too soon? Uh, 6941. RIP Caminetti, but he probably was on Coke during that softball game. I knew him too. Should we be texting that in? Should, Should the hosts of the station be reading that? Joe, that was, that was mean spirited. Oh, we're I, back. We're back. Oh, yeah. Nice bluff. I think it's a little too soon, right? A little too soon for that. I don't, I don't know. know that it's ever the right time. It's uh it's in poor taste, definitely. But he's. But do you detect the lie? He's a gamer. He, I, the the throw he made from his hiney had a rocket. Man, that him. was ridiculous. Uh, seven one three seven. Let's move on. Seven one three seven eight. Yeah, he did in San Diego. Yep. Uh, yeah. Maybe a little bit of. Uh, I mean, I, I understand your bias of wanting it to happen in an Astros uniform, but the fact was he was no slouch as a player, and he had an MVP season. Might have been. Do we think it was aided? I was going to say. There you go. You, do we? Do we think? I'll do let you. Unless, unless you're taking it full tilt on the look, on the bad guy on Cammy, but I mean, Cammy was a fan favorite. Cammy was a gamer. I'll leave it. There. Love Caminetti. I love Caminetti. Uh, the Astros lineup is finally out. They were waiting on somebody because somebody's not in the lineup today oh I, you're gonna play this game again that i suck at yeah since you brought it up okay well yeah, normally <laughs> you do so i'll do it for you uh-huh there's two actually well there's one and a half um man uh a brave no brave's playing which is probably going to be the ire of some actually because mm. it's a fromber day so right, if so Abreu's Abreu's playing the first and maldi's catching that means no yiner yiner diaz is out but there's also a professional hitter that is not in the Michael lineup. Brantley. Michael Brantley's not playing today. Hmm. Michael Brantley's not in the lineup. It's Altuve, Peña, Yordan. Against the righty. Yeah, against the righty, Nathan Eovaldi. Yeah, yeah. Altuve, Peña, Yordan, Bregman, Tucker, Abreu, Chaz, Dubon, and Maldonado. So, no Michael Brantley. And they said that Michael Brantley was going to play on Tuesday and Wednesday. So... If this is discomfort. If I got a, I can't bring back sprinkles and icing because he made the major league. Can I? Because I just don't need to deal with this right now. Maybe he's under the weather. Like, I can't imagine it being the shoulder. He's looked good. But maybe it is. Maybe he got maybe the bummer, bad shoulder. Bummer. Maybe so. Uh, maybe so. I'm sure that they'll be talking to the media here soon. So we'll figure something out yep. let you know. But no Brantley in the lineup. Yiner, probably as expected, sitting with uh, with uh, Fromber Valdez on the mound. 713-780-3776. Let's go out to the HRMP listener line. Mario, you're in the hive with the Killer Bees. What's up, Mario? Hey, guys, thanks for taking my call, and thank you for taking the, the drive time home, because now I can listen to you guys uninterrupted versus uh, midday where uh, I'm in the office. So thank you guys for that. Mario, I um, suck, though. Everybody's telling me how much they hate me. You can't, you can't kill me with kindness. Give me some grief. Give me some, uh, give me some hate. 
<laughs> you know what? I was looking forward to uh, you. When I found out you were coming over to uh, uh, 97.5, I was like, yes, finally another uh, baseball guy to come. So thank you. Thank you. Thank, Man, thank you're being, you're being too kind, I'll Mario. Nice today. Yeah, they're making me sick. <laughs> Good to have you, Mario. Thanks uh, for listening. Uh, so I would, uh, the, the dream, I don't want to say the batting order, but the dream lineup for me would probably be, uh, would have to be, uh, Diaz casting and, uh, um, uh, Dubon at first and then play Myers and, uh, Myers and, uh, uh, Chaz in the outfield and then DH Myers with, uh, Brantman. <laughs> oh, okay. So you want the pitcher to hit like Mario. I know that you're kidding. I know that you're being silly. I hope that you're being silly after you. Here's the thing. Appreciate the call, Mario. Thanks for calling in. Mario just gave me all sorts of kindness, and then he says he wants to pinch hit for a position player, or DH for a position player. I'm really hoping that he's teasing. I think that he's trolling. I'm pretty Mm -hmm. sure that he's trolling. I I like Dubon. Look, let's not be prisoner of the moment and put Mauricio Dubon ahead of Chaz McCormick. Let's not make Mauricio. Look, I hate to say it, but I trust Mauricio Dubon at the plate more than I trust Jose Abreu. Mauricio Dubon has mm. better numbers this year than Jose Abreu does, I, if we're being completely honest. I don't know if I can go that far. I, and been I know, better this year. From a yeah, statistical perspective, he's numbers, been better than Jose Abreu. But when I look at how many times he gets into an 0-2 hole uh, before he – you're right. There was a good stretch of the season where the numbers state. But I just think as a professional hitter for as long as Abreu had success in this league, I, I would still lean a Brayu over Dubon, but the fact that we're having the conversation shows you what kind of year and the emergence of Dubon as as a guy that could be considered playing almost every day. Look, I don't even think Dubon's a good offensive player. This isn't like, oh, Dubon's a really good offensive player. 707 OPS is below average. 93 OPS plus average is 100. He's below average, but it's better than Abreu. Abreu's 640 OPS, 76 OPS plus. Jose Abreu's been one of the worst, one of the worst offensive regulars in Major League Baseball this year. It's, again, like, you're going more like, who do you have more faith in going forward? This year, to this point, Mauricio Dubon has been a better offensive player than Jose Abreu, and that is not a testament to Mauricio Dubon. It's an insult to Jose Abreu, quite frankly. Now, back of baseball card, Jose Abreu, better than back of baseball card, Mauricio Dubon, no doubt about it. Who do you have the most faith that would give you a base hit tonight in a big moment? You're saying Abreu? I'm I'm actually saying Mauricio Dubon. Yeah, I'd Abreu, but I'd ask you the question, because you are the numbers guy, but I would be curious, since this quote-unquote back injury, has has there has it made a significant difference in, in some because you're not going to change those numbers because they were so bad for the majority of the year you're not no matter what you do it's not going to change how bad you've been okay let's look but at going it going forward I'm just curious I don't know the answer to this but just going forward I'm curious since the back injury where he's had some multi hit games and looked like he had more of an idea at the plate again. Yeah. He's 7 for 34 in nine games, 206 batting average, but does have a 720 OPS. So the OPS, the batting average average is horrendous, but the OPS would be better than Mauricio Dubon's season OPS. But he's actually been like, that was out of the gate. Like he's 0 for his last 10. He's 1 for his last 14. He He hasn't had an extra base hit in his last... 10 at-bats. must have run out of Doan's pills. It might have. Yeah, the it back might, injury must have flared again. It might have It might have worn off. 713-780-3776. What's your, um, what's your circle of dust now? Montero, I thought, was great yesterday. Came yeah, in runner at first. Nobody out. A game that was kind of iffy. was back and forth. I thought he stabilized the game. The offense went nuts. Astros win. Yay. Uh, Montero's a 198 ERA in his last 25 appearances, which covers just over 27 innings, 33 strikeouts in that stretch. For me... He is past Graveman. He's my number four guy in my circle of dust. Where's he at with you? Yeah, look, I think that a lot of things happened both in and out of his control that have really set him up to be back where he was a year ago. I think that Graveman has had rocky starts. I think that, look, recently Stanek was really starting to look good and feeling good, and now you've got this horrible injury that he's going through. And then you know that Dusty likes him, so they've been wanting. he's been wanting to kind of prep him to get into more high-leverage situations. Everything has fallen into place where I, I too, right now, would put him above Graveman, and I, too, would put him in the first four out of the bullpen if you're Dusty Baker. And that's something for me because of how anti-Montero I've been and and the from the contract and everything that happened before the season to everything during the season and how much my stomach turned every time I saw him coming into a game. He has been really, really good over the last month and a half, month, month and a half. 
and you have to give him his due, and because of the injuries and, and the way everything looks in your bullpen right now, I think he's in the, in the first four. Seven one three seven eight zero ESPN. Where's he at with you, Joe? Is he? Because I mean, we're, we're I think we're unanimous with our top four: Presley, Abreu, Neris, Montero. Correct. And yeah. then we we also agree Graveman's five. Yes. Stanek's on the injured list, high ankle sprain. He told the uh, uh, the iHeart Radio station, um, the flagship. What, did you have Maton ahead of Stanek? Uh, I, I I personally don't. Okay. See, I I think that Dusty does. I'm probably with you that I, I trust Stanek a little bit more than Maton. Although I think I don't think that Dusty really does Maton any favors. Like he's supposed to be he uses Maton as his cleanup guy. He uses him as his stopper. So he brings him into these situations first and third one out. Yeah. I think Maton's much better with a with like a clean inning, nobody on base, nobody out. Um I think it's very, very close with Maton and Stanek. The difference for me is one, Stanek's got a plus plus fastball that yeah, does. that that that, that plays. Um that uh What's his name? Does not. Why am I Maton. Li- Maton does not. And then the other thing is, Maton relies on his strikeout pitch, kind of that sweeper, kind of that that, that sweeping curveball. But I believe that when Stanek has the combination of a plus plus fastball, and when that split finger is dropping, it, it, even at, it doesn't have to be like lights out, but if it's dropping at a decent amount, yeah, he's got the change in speeds and, and the the illusion enough that I believe that in a first and third situation, he's the guy that could get out of that pretty. Pretty easily, handily, as opposed to Maton's to me always has to work, and you got to hope that they don't sit on the fastball. Yeah, yeah. Maton's more of kind of a junk guy. Gets, yep. He's yep. he's the spin guy with that curveball. Spin duck. And then Stanek is just kind of gas sink, kind of nasty, but it doesn't have the command that Maton does. I think it's close. I, I, I hate this for Stanek because he's entering free agency, mm-hmm. high ankle sprain, better than I thought it was broken because it was dangling and he got carted off. So that's that's good news. I, I, I have trouble thinking that Stanek's going to make it back this year, though. I'd be surprised if he pitches again for the Astros. You don't, so you don't buy into the fifteen day that that matters. Well, they're not going to put him on the sixty. Yeah. I mean, there, there's no sense no, to put right. him on the 60. My yeah. hope is that he's he's available in the playoffs at some point. I hope so, because he's better than Seth Martinez. Yes. So, and, and because, of, like you said, you, you always refer to the fact that, and you're right, from a playoff perspective, things change in terms of how quickly you make a pitching decision. How, in the fifth inning, you could be talking about decisions you wouldn't make till the seventh or eighth. And so you're going to need more pitchers on board that can do the things we just talked about. I would think that's a guy that at least has quality enough stuff that can get you out of a jam in the fifth or come into a game yeah. earlier and get you the results you need. Yeah. Uh, I hate it for Stanek. It, and it just makes your bullpen a little thinner. Now, it could have been worse. could have been like Neris. could have been Abreu. Uh, but I do hate that for Stanek. What was your uh, top four there, Joe George? The same as you guys with oh, Montero man. fourth. Wow. So we're, Mon- we're all Montero over Graves. Well, I've been Montero fourth for a, a while now. Oh, congratulations. Way to go. That's Birthday great. cake for I you. I believed in him. Like, he turned it around. Uh, my fifth. Yep. If it's a lefty, it's Maton. Okay. If it's a righty, it's Graveman. Okay, I think because like Maytown well, reverse splits are pretty good, so that's a good answer. I like that answer. You you put some thought into that. I like thanks. that. That's what I try to that's do. Really good. Thanks for joining us. It's first time he's talked in an yeah, hour. I was gonna say thanks. <laughs> thanks for being with us today. Got a lot going on. It's nice. Seven one three seven eight zero ESPN. You already know what we do at four o'clock. Texans at four. It's the Killer Bees on ESPN ninety seven five. ESPN ninety two five.